Hey, if you like what you hear today on our Splitting Hairs podcast episode and you'd like to hear more content from us, please visit our Patreon page, patreon.com slash splitting hairs, and become a member. And with by becoming a member, you'll receive very exclusive benefits. How about that, Max? That's cool. All right. Welcome back to another edition of Splitting Hairs with Max and Nikki. As usual, I'm Max. And I'm Nikki. And together we're... Max and Nikki. On today's episode, we'll be discussing traveling. What does that mean, traveling? Well, you know, you think, does that sound like a boring topic? It's why, not going to be. Why would you even put that in their minds already? We're going why? to be talking about. It's going to be quite our, interesting. Our, I think our, a beef, lot. our beef with traveling, well, but also some of the good things about traveling. Our beef with traveling, meaning we love beef. And so our beef with traveling. Mainly. In I a think, good way. I think mainly we're going to be talking about specific stories that, uh, some sort of adventurous stories that have happened to us during our travels throughout the world. Traveling, I think, is a very interesting topic, which is why we're talk- talking about it, Nikki. And why would you ever think that it could be a boring topic for people? It's quite interesting. I think a lot of people would be interested to hear the tales of yesteryear, according to Max and Nikki. Man, I got to say, we just turn off our air conditioner for the, to record this podcast, and immediately it's really hot. I mean... For those of you who are tuning in outside of New York City, it is in the 90s right now, um, Fahrenheit-wise. In the wise. 90s, man. It's in a 90-degree Fahrenheit range. Dude, what, do you mean, what do you mean outside of New York? You mean in New York? No, for those of you who are tuning in outside of New York who don't are not- Oh, it sounded are, like for those of you who are tuning in outside of New York, that's how it sounded like. No, no. For those of you who are tuning in who are not living in New York City- it's really hot right now in New York City. The only boy living in New York City. And so you may be asking yourself, or if you're watching this podcast, Max and Nikki, you're actually dressed like twins right now. You both have white shirts on. Well, well on. we're the white t-shirt boys for today. I was going to mention. Well, the one of the reasons is because it's so hot. You know, we're kind of wearing our undershirts and, you know, that's just the way it I is. I mean, not that I always wear an undershirt. You're making it seem like we're wearing our under, like we always wear undershirts. Well, when I wear a button-down shirt, which when is I wear, what I usually do. When I wear do. a shirt with buttons, I will wear a, a white undershirt, yes. yes. But if I'm wearing a t-shirt, then no. Okay. Okay. Um, any station business we got going on today? Um, station business, um, we've we, got our final live stream coming up. This uh, is how you just said it. We've got our final live stream coming well, up. Well, I've noticed, I'm noticing that I sound a little stuffed up right now for some reason. And well, uh, I'm trying to avoid that. I think it's cause I, uh, I'm tired right now one, for one, but also I don't know. You know, sometimes you sit like this, and you're kind of like this, and it makes it seem sort of, you have an air of just sort of this, uh, you know, uh, almost, you know, this uh, pretentiousness to it. Is well, like you know, I mean, it is splitting hairs. We've got to be pretentious on this show. No, but you just have this sort of like, you know, uh, 
I'm sort of too, I'm smug. There's a smugness about Look, it. Look, I'm just, this is a comfortable way for me to sit. <laughs> this is how he's sitting. It's kind of like this. You can't hear that on, you can't hear the way I'm sitting right now. Yeah. Well, how do you know? Let them decide that for, for themselves. Uh, maybe they Imagine can hear the way you're sitting. the way Nikki is sitting. And well, this is Nikki speaking. Well, l- let me just say, Nikki, um, Nikki's got his mic closer to his mouth, may- which is maybe why he sounds, um, uh, maybe to some of you, uh, he might sound a little more uh, resonant. Um, but uh, There it is. You've got it right I, on your nose. Uh, although maybe Nikki does have a little bit of a deeper voice than I do. Um, but I will say, when we're singing, though, Max can go a little bit lower than I can, and I can sing a little bit higher than But I can sing a little bit higher than him. But I will say, though, my, I, I, maybe I have a little bit of a softer touch to my singing than Nikki's. No? Um, well, you've got well, a certain uh, Max quality well, that not, cannot be replicated. I, I would say maybe not a, a, a softer quality, because Nikki can quite, get quite soft. I mean, a sort of um, uh, maybe a, a more of a just a, a lighter ingenue, quality. if you will, if, if there were a male ingenue, uh, an innocence to it. I suppose. an innocence. There's more of an innocence to his voice. But I would agree with that. But here's the thing. Here is the thing. The reason my mic though is not as I'm close more of a weathered sort of singer, actually. Oh, are you? No, I'm are joking. You Will Arnett, all of a sudden. I'm not. Or uh, no, I, I was trying to sound like Johnny Cash. Find your soulmate, Homer. Uh, a boy named Sue. Whatever. That ring of fire. Well, that anyway, ring of fire. Um, my, you, you might ask, well, Max, why don't you put the mic? No, actually, really, I, I, I Nick- sing in a very sort of, um, I, I'd like to describe my voice as, as not raspy like the the way I was doing it. Okay, come it's, on. It uh, is soft as well. Well, if you want to listen to, you can compare. If you just listen to our, our songs, you can go to... Bandcamp, what is it? Uh, Maxandnicky.com slash, or sorry, you can go to maxandnicky.bandcamp.com or littleperson.bandcamp.com. All right. So anyway, uh, I was mentioning though, Nikki's mic is closer to his mouth right now than mine is. Uh, for one, I I tend Nikki feels more comfortable with his mic position than, than mine. If you're holding this it, this is really not that interesting. Okay, but let me just finish. I'm this. just saying. Let me just finish. This is so not can, interesting. Can I finish? I'm just going to say, just to get it out there, is that uh, the reason for that is my mic uh, cover is uh, the pop filter is, it's a bit dusty right now. It needs to be cleaned. And I don't want to get too close to my mouth because I've been, you know, inhaling and making me cough. Dust mites. Ooh. No, truth be told, it's not is, dust mice. It's just I think dust. that could be another reason why my allergies are. Sorry, my my. I sound a little. Well, see, also, I you, sound a little nasally right now. Nikki's, Nikki's mic is like this. I think this is how one is supposed to position it. Excuse me, I was just speaking. If you have a mic holder, I was just speaking. You know. um, I think the reason I sound a little na- nasally right now is my allergies were kicking up today, and usually when it's hotter, it makes sort of the allergens or get released from their nature source um, a little bit 
uh, how do you say? Uh, I, I don't know how to say it. The, oh, come on. It, more. Um, uh, what are you trying to say here? It, it's. Um, um, oh, my God, please. How do you say? Uh, Nikki, come on. It, it's increased more. The pollen count is increased more when it gets hotter. I guess you. That, okay. That's what I'd like to yes. say. Yes, okay. Oh, and you think this is interesting. And this is know, interesting conversation. We're in the middle topic. of grasses pollen right now. And we're going to get into ragweed soon enough in September. And that won't be good for Nikki. Well, no, I'm grasses I'm, is not good for me. Ragweed's not good for me. Uh, tree pollen, like birches, birch is oh really not God. good for me. Oh. But the, the worst of them all is dust mites for me. Okay. I actually personally am I, I'm allergic to a certain type of grass. I forget what kind. But I don't think I'm that allergic to it. Although, however, the summer when we moved to New York, I got allergies like I never had in my life. I was walking to Trader Joe's, and it was a bit of a, a walk to, to, to Trader Joe's. And every I would be sneezing all along the way. I couldn't stop sneezing. I, got, I had a tissue packet. I used all the tissues in there. Every block, I would have to stop in a bodega to ask for some napkins or something. Because I kept sneezing. It was crazy. It you was know, crazy. There's these tissues that we get from Whole Foods, and they're like, you know, very, you know, nature friendly. No, no they're not. Are they? Yeah, they're, they're just regular. They're recyclable, from, made from recyclable materials. Well, it's not like nature friendly. Well, well, what I'm trying to say is. I mean, a lot of people do recycle. When I use that I to like blow is. my nose, it's. It kind of makes me start coughing, you know. They're they're sort of there's a harsh. Lot of, well, it's not it's not about the harshness of it. It's just there's a lot of lint on it, right? So it made I don't me like st- it. Makes me cough. It, it made me, me start looking up lintless s- tissues or or you know tissues for your nose, you know, facial Double tissues. My nose. And my I nose. I got I got them off the Amazon. It's a DJ real song. Lintless lintless tissue. Uh, costs a little bit extra, but it's worth it. You only have to use one, and you're good. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, it, what Nikki said there. Anyway, what's what else is going on? Um, okay, this is a big announcement here. Uh, we'll be continuing to talk about it as the weeks go by before the, the event, but our live uh, show, Vintage Basement with Max and Nikki, it's our, it was our monthly comedy show in New York City, uh, that we had going before the pandemic. And we are going to be coming back on September 20th. At With the first live the first in-person show uh, in since the quarantine started. We've been live streaming it throughout the quarantine every month. Um, in the beginning of the quarantine, we were doing it on a weekly basis. But now it's time for us to bring it back to an in-person setting. That's going to happen on September 20th, Monday, September 20th at 9 p.m. Eastern. In New York City, in Manhattan at the Crane Theater. Usually our, lo- our usual location is the under St. Mark's Theater in the East Village, but unfortunately there was a fire there a few days ago. It was a fire a few stories above but it uh, caused- in the same building, but it caused water damage in the theater itself, unfortunately. So they are going through uh, repairs, repairs and restoration, and restoration and- on that. And that will be be back, hopefully by October. Most definitely, probably by November. But it's too bad because that that's the that's where we feel most at home for the vintage basement show. Right. But you know the but crane, crane theater is, is going to be home away from home, and that's going to be it's a good show too. Uh, we got Same, a good yeah, lineup brewing for that. So 
uh, we'll let you guys know when tickets go on sale for that. That's right. Um, another event that's going to happen on uh, Wednesday, October 6th at 7.30 p.m. Uh, it hasn't been officially announced yet, but we'll announce it right now, I guess. Uh, Max and I are going to be doing a solo two-man show. Um, well, it would be a duo. A, a, a duo, but it's like a solo act show, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, that's going to be called... Well, actually, if you consider the act, because there will be different acts of the show... No, no, no. Don't confuse the audience. Uh, we are the only act on the show. What he means is that we are the only people... Perf- we're the only performers on the act. Most likely. Most likely. There might be no. one other. No, probably maybe. not. Oh, maybe playing a piano. Well, de- definitely there might be somebody playing the piano... For because we're gonna so here's the idea is it's gonna be called Max and Nikki a vintage variety show and it's gonna be, it's gonna be sort a, of a sixty style variety show we're gonna be and we've doing, done them in the past we're gonna be doing our some stand up bits we're gonna be doing our heartfelt songs some, some sketches songs, some sketches choreography video choreography uh, and d- dances from the respective musicals that we. Uh, wrote what do you put mean, on dan- dances? No, maybe just one dance. No, probably two dances. Two dances? Yeah, the Whistler's tune. And yeah. uh, I was thinking, you know, uh, uh, he, I'm telling you, uh, you need to change. Don't limit yourself. Quick. Oh, maybe. But then it wouldn't be, again, it wouldn't be from both of our musicals. It would just be from one of our musicals. Well, because the dances from my musical, uh, which was called Made in China, it had, they were usually... Uh, Bigger, they're 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 usually required more people than just two. I mean, there there were the ensemble was involved in like almost every single choreographed piece in that in that play. All right, well, musical. you know, when those come around to being performed again, those musicals, we will certainly let you all know. But in the meantime, uh, definitely we will let you know when these tickets go on sale for our Max and Nikki two man show. Max and Nikki, a vintage variety. It will be show. at Union Hall in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, which is Wednesday, October 6th in Park Slope, 7.30 p.m. And that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I think it'll it'd be a lot of fun, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, with that all said, let's get down. Well, I just want to just say one thing. This has been, been on my mind. I've been watching Shark Tank recently, like a lot of clips of Shark Tank. And I got to say... Why would anybody ever want to make a deal with Mr. Wonderful, um, what's his name, Kevin O. something or another? He seems like the sort of quintessential sort of businessman, like Trump-type businessman that you wouldn't want to go into business with, you know? In fact, I think he was a Trump supporter. He's Canadian, but I think he supported Trump. And I'm like, if I were ever on that show, I'd be like, I don't know if I could trust I don't him. trust you. I don't trust you, you know? He seems like a real shark. He seems were. like a real shark. There's other nicer sharks, as it were, on that show. I mean, that- a shark, yeah. Well, I mean, he seems also to be, um, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't watch but the show. But even if he was a good businessman, it, I, I would feel sort of morally at odds with with going to, into business with somebody whose beliefs are not the same. I mean, you know, whose maybe political beliefs All are right. not the same. You know, on anyway, I wonder if Shark. other people think that when they go on uh, on Shark Tank. Like, do they ever think, 
say say all all the other sharks passed, but Kevin, Mister Wonderful, offered them a deal. Would they turn it down because they don't want to work with him specifically? I. You know, I don't know. I, I think about these things, you know. Do well, you I, know, do other people think about these things? Comment and let me know. Well, you know, sometimes people get turned down and then they end up, it becomes successful anyway. Part of the being reason being on the show is not just to make a deal with those people, but to get exposure, actually. And also, you know, Diamond Dallas Page, who was a wrestler who already had a fan base, he went on the show, apparently, to promote his yoga um, Diamond Dallas Page's yoga, I forgot what it's called. They didn't, it, they didn't, nobody bought the idea. It now is an extremely successful, uh, like I think YouTube channel and, and a lot of people subscribe to it and uh, I think it's a big success. Well, okay, you know what was uh, an item or a product that premiered on that show that actually just gave it a lot of exposure right away was the Squatty Potty. And, um, really, did anyone buy it? They all, I don't know if anybody bought it, but they, I saw them talking about past, um, products that they had to, that they featured on the show. And they, it was like a variety magazine thing or uh, sorry, vanity fair thing. And they were talking about how all of them thought it was so ridiculous, such a ridiculous idea for something. And then one of them, one of the sharks said, lo and behold, two weeks later, I went into my husband's bathroom and she's talking about, she's, showing she's kind of suggesting the idea that her and her husband have different bathrooms which i think is a great idea but she said i accidentally went to my husband's bathroom and lo and behold he had a squatty potty in there and she's like oh my god what do you mean i accidentally went into my husband's bathroom it's not a weird it's thing a weird say. thing to say i don't know what she meant by that but that's what she said um but it goes to show you even the most ridiculous ideas can be very successful um, oh, now, very- does a squatty potty really actually help? I don't know about that. I used, I had one, and I used it for a bit, and gotta say, I don't think it really helped much. But hey, well, for, you know, to, but it might help some people, and I don't know. I I, I was trying to research this myself, and uh, I don't know. I think the the jury's out on this one. I think some doctors, gastroenterologists, I think they say that it. It could help, but they're not giving it a, you know, a, a, a for a, sure a hard, hard and fast approval. Uh, yeah, something like that. I mean, just like everyone else, people's bodies are different from one one another, you know. And it, it's uh, just like all medications don't work the same way for everybody, and all foods don't work ways for same way for everybody. And everyone has different allergies, and uh, I think people. I think people like to generalize people in different ways, and that not just for uh, how yeah, you know I'm medication I'm, generalize- I'm not not just I'm generalizing this Kevin uh, O something from, uh, exactly. from Shark Tank from Card Sharks, and uh, who knows he might be a really nice guy. Although the way he carries himself on the show, he does seem very pompous, and you know, well he he has this sort of classic style businessman type of attitude and he probably comes from that world and i think but who knows maybe business i mean i don't know we watched that show um what is it called again uh press your luck no 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 the the hbo show no hbo show (laughs) 
Um, it, you know, it's about a, a, the family business, uh, a succession. Succession. Um, Ooh, new season coming out this fall. Ooh, I'm excited. Yeah, it's a very good show. Very dark. The acting is superb on that show. Right. Oh, and also it's very funny on, you know, uh, what's those two guys that are really funny in that show? Oh, yeah. Um, Matthew McFadden and Nicholas something. I can't remember his last name. Those guys are really funny. They're, right. Their interactions in are In very really funny. subtle kind of nuanced ways, you know? Especially that Matthew McFadden. He's well, got he's such, not just funny, but he's a really good dramatic oh, actor, Oh, man. Too. There's some really... Um, there's some moments of, of gravitas in that show that almost make you want to tear up even though they're like about these kind of horrible people it's interesting right yeah yeah it's it's quite interesting but that uh, jeremy strong is so good i he, mean he really God, is but like, you know, i was listening to an interview with uh uh colkin uh, uh kieran, kieran colkin kieran, kieran colkin kieran colkin and he was talking about how he you know sometimes what's his name again the other guy the main character jeremy jeremy strong jeremy strong he, that's his. That that's the actor's name. Yeah, he can. I guess he's more of a method actor, and so sometimes he gets in these kind of headspaces where you know to get into character. And uh, Kieran Culkin has Kiernan been acting like, since he was a kid. Yeah, and so it, it it just it's more of a second nature thing to him, I guess. And so he um, he can he just, tries to he tries to add some more levity to to the workplace and tries to get Jeremy Strong to just lighten up sometimes. Not that he wasn't bashing him or anything. He thinks he's really great, but I think he just can get into these. Apparently, I, I think this is what he said on, on now we're well, talking about the, another interview and another podcast. Kier, Kieran and Culkin on, on WTF, the Mark Marion. I mean, what are we promoting WTF now? I, mean, <laughs> I know, right? Uh, hey, but you know, I listen to it. I hey, listen to I it do from listen, time to time. So I, I do know. listen. I do. I'm listening. As Fraser Crane would say. Um, Anyway, anyway yeah, let's I, get to let's get down to brass tacks. What okay. did we come here to talk about today, Nikki? Traveling. traveling. I'm a traveling man. Made a lot of stops all, all over, over the world. world, or all over this world. I don't all know. over this world. Ricky Nelson. Actually, apparently that song I think was supposed to be given to Sam Cooke at first, but he turned it down and they gave it to Ricky Nelson. Ricky Nelson was a, a very, very big rockabilly musician. From Rock, the, rockabilly? That's how people might describe his music, yeah. I would not consider it rockabilly. No way. Look it up. I think you're incorrect about this, actually. He was more, I would call his stuff just straight up pop music from the time, actually. Anyway, he was, was one some, of the biggest, rock he was one of the biggest but, musicians of the late 50s, early 60s. In fact, I think he was the number two selling artist at the time, right next to Elvis, Elvis. Presley. Um, I mean, look, they consider him to be, uh, well, this is according to Wikipedia, pop pioneer. No, no, sc sc scroll to the right, scroll to the right. Rockabilly, the there you go. Rockabilly, rock and roll, pop, country. Rockabilly is the first genre they list there. Yeah, but I don't... Trust me, he's known for... Like, Fool, uh, Fool's Rush In, the song that Ricky Nelson does, that's kind of a rockabilly song, you know? It kind of has a rockabilly thing, but that also... But listen to Poor Little Fool. That's straight up just a pop song. Anyway... And also, Traveling Man, I, that kind of is more of a Ricky pop... Ricky Nelson... has a more of a, a kind of a also, twang to it, too. Uh, was initially famous from the show Ozzy and Harriet, he was 
uh, one of the sons of Ozzie and Harriet. One of the sons of Ozzie Nelson and Harriet Nelson. Yes, um, there you go. Um, anyway, traveling. We hey, we just went on another tangent. Why? Because on splitting hairs, tangents are formed, or as I like to say, tangents are made. Um, okay, enough with the tangents. Let's so get down to brass. A lot of this is here. going to be us talking about various stories of of our traveling past, but also our opinions we, on no, no, no traveling. That I, I was going to say a lot of it's going to be stories, but to start off with. Let's talk about what we think about traveling. All right, Nikki, what do you, th- do you like traveling? I hate traveling, but- You hate traveling? You just straight up hate it. That's a strong word. Well, That's a bold choice okay, for a word. I don't hate traveling. Okay, uh, let me take that back. Here are the aspects I really don't like about traveling. I don't like not staying in my own bed. I always feel uncomfortable. Even in a hotel, like a nice hotel or something, there's something- I just don't feel comfortable about not being in my own bed. That it's it's a stranger wash these sheets. Other strangers have stayed in this bed. It, it's it's just it's there's sort possibilities of, of bed bugs. Bed it's just bugs. icky, you know. I don't I don't like that. Um, even like just walking around in the room that I'm staying in, I can't walk around with my feet or you, you know. It's just it, I you know you got you got to. I mean, look. Chalk it up to me being a bit of a germaphobe, I guess, but that is just the way I feel, and I feel a little uncomfortable about it. Um, also, traveling... That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. That's my story, I'm sticking to it. And there's just... I hate having to pack and just make a checklist of all the things I need to pack. Well, no, I guess that. one have, could you, consider you myself... And then you have, it depends on how you do your thing when you're in a hotel or a hostel, but... You gotta, if you're in a hostel, back in the day, we used to do the hostels and traveling, you'd have to like pack away all your stuff that you, you can't just unload all your stuff and just like have it there, you know, in the bathroom, for instance, just easily, easy, easy accessibility, you know, your toothbrush and things like that. You got to pack it back away into your, your bag or whatever. And it's just, it's all just very complicated. It is. And so I hate packing and then you know, I'm a, a bit of a high maintenance guy, and, and but it's not just that. I just want to make sure I never forget anything that I need well, or I that I might need when I go traveling. You know, I mean, even traveling to Los Angeles, which is where we're from, I'm going home. We're going to Los Angeles. Let in me the just say, Nick, he's not high maintenance in the sense that he needs some sort of luxury type of thing to no, stay. No, I at. always try to. I pack. I try to pack as lightly as possible. Or I always try what, to pack. What more, he's saying is, I always try to pack one bag, and that's it. No, usually no more than a bag, and if it's an extended trip, I'll bring my laptop. Too, what he's but. saying is that uh, he has specific things that he do, you know, needs to do. But it's not just that; it's it's you know, or that he has specific things that he you know needs to. I'm not some guy that can just go somewhere and go with the flow. You know, I need my certain things packed away that I'm going to need. Uh, Certain toiletries and such. See, I'm already looking at the. You see, I'm looking at the waveforms on on our little. Uh, you well, know, you you got to be closer, like me, on our our DAW here. Get uh, a little bit uh, closer. Digital audio workstation. Logic is what we use. Logic Pro X. Um, if you guys are looking for a very affordable. Uh, oh God, DAW to use. Logic no further than Logic. It's, Apple doesn't pay us. I wish they did though. Well. Hey, I'm not doing this to pay. 
maybe they want to sponsor us later. Huh, you ever think about that? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm not doing it for good. But to be honest, though, Logic is a very good program. It's only, I think it's less than $300, and it constantly gets updates, and it's, the updates are free. It works. It works just as well as Pro Tools, which is, I guess, the industry standard. Well, I guess. I, I, I don't Although, really use Pro Tools. Although, you know, Tools, it's, it's, and Pro Tools is becoming less of the industry standard because Logic is something that more home studios use. And, in I fact, Billie Eilish, Billie Eilish and her, and her brother, brother, they used... produced all their stuff on Logic Pro in their house, you know? Logic Pro X. Logic Pro X. And so, if people like... And, and the brother, Phineas, he won producer of the year at the Grammys last year. I mean, this was from a home studio recording. Now, I don't know what their home studio is like. Maybe it's really nice. Uh, but uh, nevertheless, it, that, you know, that's pretty cool. I think that's neat. Yeah, um, especially coming from guys who produce their own stuff at, in their own home. Us two, that is. Um, it's inspiring. It's inspiring. Although, hey... If we could record an expensive studio like the way Brian Wilson was able to without having to worry about expenses, that would be nice. Well, they, wouldn't he, it be nice? He, they did what, have to Wouldn't worry. it be nice, though? Yeah, it would be. But they... No, do you get what I'm saying? Hey, don't worry, baby. Okay, I'm just kidding. That's stupid. Whoa, whoa. Hang on to your ego. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy, you know, uh, you know, we have all these questions to ask about in life, and I know there's an answer. <laughs> We're getting into if, if you're familiar with Pet Sounds, the, a song on the on Pet Sounds is called "I Know There's an Answer," and there's a but song. The alternate title for that song with alternate lyrics was called "Hang On to Your Ego," which was the first. Uh, set of lyrics that Brian Wilson had wanted to release the album as was hang on to your ego. But they thought for some reason that that was not as relatable and had some sort of, it was a little too mature, I guess. So I think he was vetoed by the other band members. And you know what? I, I like, I know just Mike Love. I like the, uh, I like the lyrics. I know there's an answer more personally. Really? Yeah. Even though I I would say I would, I re listened to the whole album recently because I was watching, um, somebody react to it. I've been watching these reaction videos. They're kind of fun to watch. Kind of. Sometimes it's just, some of them are. Some of them are. Some of them are just like. Some of them are annoying that they interrupt the song like constantly, especially at climaxes, but. Well, no, sometimes um, they're also, it's just kind of the same thing always. It's always like, oh my God, I did not expect this. You know, I didn't, (laughs) or it's just like, man, this is, I, the way they did that course and the way that came in, it's just all the same thing all the time. And it's Wow, like, his voice, his voice. Right, right. It's just, also, I just think some of these songs are so famous. It's, it just, I just it's think, hard to believe they never heard them before. It, it is a hard to believe. But, but maybe but some people have. Anyway, I was really... And I it's was, cool that they're, I was, they're getting exposed to this, but... Okay, okay, okay. You know. I was listening, I was watching this guy react to Pet Sound, so I listened along with him too. And I gotta say, the, uh, the song... Um, I just wasn't made for these times. Man, I relate to that so much. It's just, it's crazy how much that that song speaks to me. I, I really feel like, in a way, we're kind of growing up in the wrong time, you know? I mean... Well, Nikki, you may think... Or we, we're, you, we, we're, we've come, come of age, and it, not just that, we, we're trying to 
build our careers at the wrong yeah. time in the wrong era, you know? Okay. Um, well, I want to say our sense of humor is uh, we're very, is very much influenced by eighties and early nineties sitcoms, you know? No, no, not just that. I would say nineties actually. Yeah. Well, Conan O'Brien from the nineties. I would I'd and, say actually there's a lot of, I would say we're influenced a lot by, I would consider it to be maybe more '90s alternative humor, actually. Well, I would say no. I would say our in, our sense of humor is very influenced by the well, Simpsons, and, and the, so- by by the first eight seasons of The Simpsons, especially, yes. like really especially. Yeah, um, Seinfeld, Seinfeld most certainly. Seinfeld, which especially is primarily- the mid to late seasons of Seinfeld, especially the late season Seinfeld, where it got really ridiculous. Well, no, I mean, because that's that's where our stuff is really ridiculous, and then well, no, hold on, but. I think there is a certain um, analytical quality to, you know, earlier seasons of Seinfeld too that we're certainly influenced by. Also, I think you know. But also, um, our music is is no, and also Frasier is a big influence on us too. Um, it, it's that's a that is a '90s show I too, was just primarily. Say, yeah, but you know, shows from the '80s as well, such as Cheers and, and the Cosby Show, influenced me a lot. Well, the too. Cosby Show certainly influenced us a lot. But I will not say, Bill Cosby himself, but the Cosby Show. Well, yeah, actually, I, Bill, Cosby Bill Cosby in yeah, the show. Yeah, Bill Cosby. I mean, look, I know it's a controversial thing to say, but I'm not going to deny how we were influenced in the past, and Bill Cosby did influence, you know, and that things. show. What that show did for sort of black culture was really cool. I mean, I was just watching a clip the other day. I was revisiting a clip where. Um, uh, Claire Huxtable is singing with a, a gospel choir at uh, what's the at Hillman University. Well, no, you mean what it did for the portrayal of black people, right? Well, but also for black culture and getting that exposed to a, a broader audience. I think that was cool. Um, oh, I see what you're saying. Well, that's what I'm saying. The the I see. Gotcha. Um, and gosh, I the was exposure wa- of black I was culture. watching this. Uh, clip and I just got shivers. I mean, Felicia Rashad, such a good singer. I mean, really, really great. Well, there's also um, a scene. Uh, there's a scene that we watch look, people all are, the time. People, I understand if you feel apprehensive to want to even look anything up that includes Bill Cosby, but you know there are other actors that are involved in these things. And yes, it is. It's a sad thing that you know that legacy is. is Tainted, yeah. tainted, but there's some really good quality moments. Like there's an episode. Yeah, I mean, he exposed a lot of people in in the '80s to a lot of jazz music that might have been forgotten at that point. Um, but no, there's, so a, there's, there's a specific epi- episode. There's a specific episode where they they're they're talking about this song, Moody's Mood for Love, and he doesn't have the record of it anymore because he quote unquote played it so much he wore, that he it, wore out. it out but and then they start singing it and then nancy wilson the famous nancy wilson singer not the not 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 the from singer from heart not but, but not the guitarist from heart but the but jazz singer the jazz, well, and pop singer the jazz and pop singer nancy was wilson really big in the 60s one of my favorite uh jazz singers of all time she's personally. guest starring on it and they you know the two men start singing the song and then the two women their wives enter and they're the real good singers actually and they they start singing the song and they kind of chime in and it's, and then they all start singing together. Because the record, they don't have the record to dance to. They all start dancing to them singing it together. 
It really and that's is, how the episode ends. I mean, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about me it right too. now. It's look it up. Just look up Moody's Mood for Love Cosby Show. If you're willing to do that, understand if you're not. But if you are, it's a really great clip. And um, it's, that's the thing about the Cosby Show that was really cool too is, and again, this is kind of a big influence on us is a lot of episodes, there would never be a conflict. There, there would just be no conflict on the episode things would just happen. It'd be like a slice of life right. kind of episode. And mm-hmm. I don't know if executives or network executives would buy that kind of pitch anymore. They, they, I feel like they might need a problem to exist in a script. And I, I guess I can understand that, but I don't know. Maybe there's not a, as much of an open-mindedness. I don't know, but what do I know? No, I mean, here's the thing. There, there might be... It's kind of a weird thing, the, the way the industry is now. I mean, you have so many platforms, and there might be an open-mindedness to it. I think Netflix actually tends to be more open-minded to things uh, because there, there, seems to be, there seems to exist on Netflix more niche kind of stuff, I think. Sure. But, but I even will on say, these other stations, I will say this, maybe. I, I'm, the I'm, sitcoms I'm sure. that influenced us back then, we, we relate to more. But I do feel like... And don't get me wrong, MASH is one of my favorite shows of all time, and that could maybe be considered a drama. But I will say on a larger Comedy scale, drama. on a larger scale, dramas of more recent times have gotten a lot better, you know? And so that's... Right, better call Saul. I, I, I will say that my favorite shows in the past decade tend to be dramas, not comedy shows, whereas my favorite shows of all time tend to be sitcoms from the 80s and 90s. Um, so I don't know. So that anyway, that's sort of a circuitous way of, of talking about how I just wasn't made for these times. But also our music is really influenced by 60s music. But uh, at the same time, Nikki, you were made for these times in that we're able to do this podcast right now just from my laptop. I know, but we were talking about it before. Like We're also the kinds of guys that we... We don't like wink to the audience about anything. Our our act is very performant performative. You know, we we really present a thing to the audience, and it has a sort of an element of theater to it. And that, so that theater, that, we stay in. We like to stay in character. And that's that kind of thing is maybe more old fashioned. You know, I mean, you that's the kind of thing you would see with duo acts in the past. But that that's not necessarily true. I mean. Uh, in the past, they did wink to the audience, maybe even more. No, not maybe more, actually, but definitely in the past, they would, you know, that they they would there would be definitely a. a then again, oh, actually, one of our know, maybe you have a point. Uh, then that, again, uh, Stella is one of our biggest influences too, and they are definitely not winking to the audience, right? And they're they're more late nineties, two thousands, actually, you know. Sure, um, and. They're one of the biggest influences but, on us. you know, definitely Conan O'Brien from the mid to late 90s and early 2000s. I mean, he was really on fire at that time. And oh, man, look no further. There's these, whenever Rebecca Romaine was on it, it just almost, he had like a crush on her, but it that just added the, another element to this, this edge he had in comedy that just, it was... You just was like unlike anything else you've ever seen. It, wow. was, just, it was so funny. You know? Anyway, gosh, we are going on so many tangents here. Let's as get, as we say once again in splitting hairs, tangents, tangents are, are formed, formed or made. Or made. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, Maybe we should, if if this podcast ever got big enough, we should have t-shirts made where it says tangents are made or tangents are formed. Um, Anyway, so I was saying, you know, traveling, you just got all these things to worry about. Back to traveling. Okay. Anyway, traveling, you got all these things to worry about. Uh, I guess I'm not the kind of traveler that just goes with the swing of things and, and, you know, just let, you know, fly by the seat of my own pants kind of thing. Is that, is that the fly right? Fly by the seat of my pants. Fly, fly by the seat of my pants. Um, you know, I have to make sure I know things. I set, even, so even when I was traveling, when I studied abroad, uh, I set an itinerary for myself like a month in advance before I even left for any trip. And I knew exactly what I was going to do every single day of traveling, what sites I was going to visit. Um, I just, it was a way for me to know exactly, just get things done at a good rate. And sometimes I would let things take me where I didn't know what, and, and hey, I, a lot of interesting stories happened because of that. Well, let me tell you though, actually. But wait, let me just say, just because you just mentioned that, I did that kind of a thing the first time I went to Europe. I was, I would book my hostel in advance and I would set an itinerary for every place I was going to go to. Uh, but then I, and I returned to the U.S. to finish college. And then I went back to Europe a year later. And that time, whenever I traveled, I actually did fly. We by both the seat studied of, in France. By I, the way. I did fly by the seat of my pants and I did. Um, I just, I had a somewhat of an, an idea of where I was going to go next, but I, I didn't book my, I did couch surfing actually. I mean, that was kind See, of, I, I, wouldn't I wouldn't ever do that ever again anymore, d- you know? Well, I mean, when we did sort of, I feel just, like you got to watch out with that. When we of did stuff, sort know? of I mean, go off, could be predatory people. When we know? did go off the beaten path and we hadn't planned things ahead of time, we got ourselves into a, a sort of sticky situation. Sometimes when we were in Morocco, for example, we went, we sidetracked into a, a little town well, called on, called Chef Shawn. I know. I just want to say, but I, the 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 place that we had stayed because it was no, like one of the first places we we came across when we arrived in Chef Shawn, this little town where the whole Medina is painted in I know, blue. But let's get I to, just wanted. I just I want know, to say. I, I just want to ruin, say. I don't want you to ruin any of the story here. I know. Actually, I just want to just say. We are going to talk about. I know. Chef I just Shawn. want to say when we got there, it just this place we stayed. It seemed fine, but then. We got up to the room and I... No, I, see, this is something I don't want you to ruin quite yet. Why? Why? What, what's wrong with that? Because I wanted to build up suspense. Yeah, but we're talking I, about the problems I have with traveling. I know, and this but, is one of but them. This is part of the story, I think, that makes it interesting. So hold on to your seats, guys, because we'll be talking about it in just a bit. I guess, gosh, I'm looking at the time already. Jesus Christ. All right, Max, what about you? Do you like traveling or not? Um, I guess... I don't, sorry, don't get me wrong. I don't dislike traveling. I like going to different places and seeing the sites. When we went to Egypt and we saw the pyramids, I mean, that was like, wow, come on, guys. I mean, that's, we saw the Sphinx. I mean, we went inside of the, one of the py- great pyramids of Giza. I mean, come on, forget about it. Well, we went, that's into, really the, cool. we went into the main one. I think it's the only one that you can maybe even go into, but. Um, anyway, Max, do you like traveling or not like traveling? Well, here's the thing about it. The act of traveling, I don't particularly like because you, it's a, it's a whole, 
you know, you have to pack, you have to go on a plane for a long time. You always lose sleep. It, you know, never get enough never sleep. Get That's enough a sleep. good point, Max. You never get enough sleep. You're always kind of exhausted. It's not relaxing. That's what I'm trying to say. It's, it's not a relaxing it's thing. It's not relaxing. I know people talk about their vacations in Hawaii. I've never had a vacation like that. Although there's one time I went to Marbella in Spain because apparently they had really nice beaches, golden beaches, um, and this golden sand I saw the pictures of. And I went there by myself and I realized, well, what do you do here? I, all you do is relax. That's boring, I guess, you know? Well, it just I guess if I like, were with other people, it'd I be fun. I guess the, but. the point Nikki's making is, why am I, I could be seeing, you know, historical sites or doing something of note and I'm just sitting around. That There's something about that. I think what he's saying, almost like it seemed like a waste of my time, you know? But here's the thing. Traveling uh, is yeah, never traveling, relaxing. So it's never relaxing. Um, and like Nikki said, I, I like my own bed. Um, I like the comforts of my own home. Um, and so you're always feeling a little bit, you know. You always feel, t- especially if you're going to a different country, you're going to be jet lagged and it's going to take a little bit to get used to that. And yeah, I don't know. It just. Well, anyway, so is this my turn sorry, to talk or sorry, is it your sorry, turn? Sorry, sorry, sorry. So. Uh, and when you're in a hostel, you're sometimes sharing the hostel with a lot of people. I remember this one time in Florence. Well, we wouldn't, shared, we wouldn't go and we wouldn't, we wouldn't stay in a hostel anymore. No, I know. But back in the day we did. And I remember this time there was a lot of people and there was this one guy who was a really nice guy, but he snored so loud. It was the loudest snore I've ever heard in my life. He woke up everybody in the hostel because it was kind of this hostel where every, I think almost the whole hostel was in this one room, actually. There was like 20 people. There was a lot of beds. But he woke up everybody, and everyone was like, should we wake him up to tell him to shut up? And Well, you know, it's funny. The first time I ever stayed in hostel, it was when I traveled. I was studying in Lyon, but I traveled to London. That was the first place I traveled to um, during a vacation. And the first night, I, I think the first night I got there, I saw Phantom of the Opera, which was a really great experience. But I got back to the hostel, went to bed, and there weren't that many people in the room. There were like five others, and there were like, I think three of them were like Norwegian, tall female Norwegian swimmers. Norwegian wood. And um, they might have been Swedish or some kind of Scandinavian, although they might have been Portuguese. Um, but there was one guy below me. He, and Norwegian. he was snoring so loud. Norwegian would. That, that's how it goes. He was snoring so loud. And the, all the, the female swimmers, they were kind of making fun of him. And they were saying, like, oh, we got to get him to shut up. But they ended up being more annoying to me than the guy that was snoring because they kept making so much noise. And I t- finally told him, like, hey, can you guys keep it down? I'm trying to sleep here. It ended up being that I got used to the guy snoring, but those those girls were actually being the more the loud type to keep me up, you know? Because sometimes when there's a constant going on, it becomes sort of like white noise, and so you can kind of deal with that. But when it's something that's kind of interruptive, that, you know, it, that obtrusive. Right, intrusive, kind of, it, it, it kind of that disturbs you. and That uh, disturbs the... the cons- in the constant, you know. I'll tell you, that's another thing. Traveling with other people, if you got to stay in a room 
with other people, even friends, there's going to be fights, you know? I'm just telling you right now. There, well, there just, could be. There could be, and it's just, it's not a good idea. People I got don't their like own it. way of People got their own way of, their things. own habits of getting ready for bed, waking up, going to sleep, and it's just, people can get annoyed with each other. And in fact, we just went somewhere with some friends, and one of my friends he definitely snored every night and he, I told him, Hey, you're snoring. And he wouldn't admit that he was snoring. I'm like, dude, what is your deal? You're snoring. Trust me. I mean, every night (laughs) it was like something you didn't want to admit. It was, it was kind of funny, but well, in any event, um, I do want to say on that tip that you were saying about the Norwegian thing, and this will be a serve as a transition into actual stories, uh, more interesting stories. Uh, because this led to an interesting story. I tell you what, when but I we was, should say, we should note that we say all this stuff, having had a lot of experience traveling. I mean, we, we travel. We have traveled a lot, um, especially when we were studying in Europe. We we traveled all around Europe, and I mean, and I w- parts of North and, Africa, and well, uh, that's right, parts of North Africa. That's right, and um, Morocco and Egypt. Yes, and. and uh, well, and parts of eight for me, or for uh, both of us, parts of Asia, West Asia, Western Asia. Um, uh, I went to Turkey, Israel, and, and, and Israel. But um, anyway, go on. Um, anyway, as I was saying, well, yeah, yeah that is Western Asia. Um, I was going to say that, uh, yeah, when I was in Edinburgh, in Scotland, uh, I was I did like some sightseeing for the day. And this was on December 27th, I believe that was the date. Um, So if you guys are familiar with Edinburgh and their history, or in Scotland and their history, you know, I think you know what's maybe coming to, what's expected to come in this story perhaps. Uh, But basically what happened was I was staying in this hostel and I was tired from the day and I decided to take a little bit of a nap. And as I was taking a nap, I was like sleeping for maybe, oh, 15 to 20 minutes. And then these guys come into the hostel making a lot of noise. And they see people taking naps and stuff. I just was like, these guys are so annoying. And they woke me up. And I just thought, all right, well, I may as well get dinner now. It was about 6, 6.30 p.m. And so I go outside. And my hostel was on what's called the Royal Mile in, in Edinburgh, which leads up to the castle. And... So what happened was I go outside, I start trying to look for places to eat, and boy, am I glad these guys woke me up at that time because I started noticing some people with these, oh, I I noticed this one kid. He had this sort of rod in his hand with his mom, and I was like, oh, that's kind of a weird thing to have. Why does he just have this rod? He's not doing anything with it. And I thought there might have been something, something up with that kid for some reason, and then I started seeing more people with rods in their hands. And I thought, what the heck rods is going on? Rods and cones in their eyes. Well, no, just rods in their hands. And I thought, what is going on? And then I started seeing masses of people with rods in their hands. And I asked this guy, hey, what's going on here? And he's like, oh, you don't know the, this is the beginning of hog money. And I was like, what's hog money? Hog money, apparently for years and years, in Scotland, it was frowned down upon to celebrate Christmas. And I'm not sure if I might be getting the story not quite right, but basically, oh, Nikki's saying kind of speed up here. But basically, 
they would celebrate New Year's like no other. It would be like a, a three to four day event, sometimes even longer, I think, but mainly three days. And then there was, but Hogmanay, it was the 20, December 27th and, or 28th. And the guy said, oh, it's the commencement of Hogmanay today. And so that was going to kick things off for the three-day festival. And so I go up further on the Royal Mile and I see these rods and they are actually torches because they were on fire for some of them. And I was like, whoa, wow. And then I got up even further on the Royal Mile and I saw a big mass of people with torches. And some of these guys were dressed to the nines in these sort of... Uh, well, all this story, it kind of reminds me of The Wicker Man in a way, somehow. Well, basically... Well, <laughs> if yes. you guys have ever seen The Wicker Man, not the Nicolas Cage one, but the one, the original one from the 70s. Well, yes, Wicker as in The Wick. That's what it's called, right? The Wick, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, yes, The Wick of the, the, the thing to be lit on a torch. Some of these guys were dressed in full Scottish regalia, and it was really... Um, it was a sight to be seen. Some of them had these huge torches that were really, you know, looked like these classic, you know, things from a long time ago that they were wearing. And then some of them had bagpipes and they were all, I realized at the top of the Royal Mile, this, it was a gathering that was be, about to be this big procession. And I decided I got to buy a, a torch and I got one of these rods and I got mine lit and basically... They did this uh, in unison, all the people with the bagpipes, they started playing that classic Scottish tune that goes, Anyway, just think, yeah, Nikki's saying- Well, it's just, we have a lot of other stories that are kind of a lot crazier to tell. Okay, I'm just okay. And this is just, this is not a crazy story But just imagine, they were all playing it in unison, and then we all, with our torches, started to make this procession to what's called Calton Hill, and we, it was just, it was just this happenstance. I woke, these guys woke me up at this time, and thank goodness they did, and I was able to experience this. We went to Calton Hill. There was this big bonfire, a big bonfire with okay. huge All fireworks, right. and it was so it was such a really neat event to happen. Okay, and it was okay. unexpected, and that's what made it all the greater that it was well, unexpected. You know, when I was in Edinburgh, so Hog Money, check it out if you're in town uh, from the 27th or 28th to the 1st of January. When when we were when it kind of that kind of actually reminds me of. Um, the festivals that would happen in, in Lyon, which is where I studied, Lyon, France, there's a, a, a festival called La Fête des Lumières, which is the Festival of Lights in Lyon. And the, the commencement of that uh, festival is people would light candles and go up to the famous basilica uh, or basilique in Lyon, and they would go up to there and, and light candles in the basilique. Um, but the idea of the Festival of Lights in, in Lyon is they'd have these big light shows against all the buildings in the whole city, and this would happen in early December, and everybody from around the world would come to this festival, except Americans didn't really know about it. But everywhere else around the world, would, they would come to see this uh, festival, and that, that's pretty cool. I oh, highly rec- Lumia, yeah, yeah, I highly recommend going to Lyon. Um, great city. You know, if it's one of the biggest cities in France, and yet it's a lot of, of Americans don't really know about it. It's kind of it has the the 
thriving cultural appeal of Paris without all the hustle and bustle. Right, right. It's a little, you know, as my homestay mother would say, I lived with a homestay family in Lyon. She said, Paris is great for visiting, but Lyon is better for living in. I mean, some might, you know. Some might argue against that. You know, I mean, anyway, that's, and hey, don't get me wrong. Paris is, is a great, magical city too. But well, anyway. Um, La Fête de I visited Nikki in Lyon during that time. During that time. And I will say it was very fun. I had a, a, an enjoyable time there. Um, um, and but his I friends wanna... were very fun to hang out with, uh, some of whom uh, we are still friends with today. Exactly. Um, so, I, I will, well, anyway. I will say this about Edinburgh real quick. I actually went to the, the school that the Harry Potter school, Hogwarts, was based on. Um, where, and I went to the coffee shop slash hot chocolate place. Would that, you say with some of whom we are friends today? With, with some of whom we are friends with, we are friends today. I, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, um, I went to that place where J.K. Rowling wrote the, her first book, apparently. And I went to the school and I actually snuck into the school. And there were all these kids with these plaid outfits on. It was really cute. But I think I kind of snuck into the school during school hours and a couple guys saw me and they were like being nice about it. But I think it seemed like a creepy guy kind of wandering around. I just wanted to look at it because it was a very beautiful um, school. Um, And, you know, I don't even really know Harry Potter that well. I've only seen the first movie. I haven't even read the books. I think I read the first page of the first book. But Edinburgh was a very fun town, an interesting dichotomy in that town of of Gothic architecture and Georgian architecture, or is it Georgian? I don't know. Um, anyway, let's get on to some crazier stories because that's what we're here for, right? The crazy stories. All right. Well, um, so there's here. there's two big oh, stories. So wait, hold on. I didn't get to finish what I was going to say. Oh, about really? We're going to talk I, about Hagamon? No, I'm just not going to talk about Hagamon. I just want to say, um, with all those exhaustive things I was talking about, about traveling, I do love being able to see these historical sites and these things that you just they're so much older than just, things in America well, and actually, it's not just old know? stuff it's just things out there in the world that are outside of your normal everyday life and people really should take make an effort if they can and can afford it to go seek that stuff out in the world because there are so many different cultures out in the world that live differently than you and you should check out their histories because right we're going to get to that it, with Morocco because that's like it that was a, a big. Better, that was the biggest culture shock. It gives we you. Be, it gives you a better sense of uh, just how diverse the world can be. Now, here's a story that happened, um, kind of due to me flying by the seat of my pants. Um, I was going to Venice, Italy, um, f- during Carnival time. We were staying with our friend we Heather staying, in, in Max Palova, I, we which would, is just outside of. Even Venice. though Max Max studied in Paris, I studied in Lyon. We usually traveled separately alone, um, but on this occasion and a couple other occasions, we actually met up um, in in Venice because we wanted to be there at the same time because it was Carnival, Carnival. and we were staying with our friend Heather in in Padova, Italy, Padua, if you, which is what like. 50 to 100 miles no, outside. No, no, it's like 30 miles, I think, outside of, of, of Venice. 30 miles outside of Venice. Something like um, that. So Max had gotten to Venice earlier on in the day than I. and um, No, I got there a day earlier, actually. Oh, you had actually stayed there the night? I stayed were- there one night, 
and I went and saw Padova is an interesting little town. But known we don't for need the, to, we known don't, for for the uh, I think they're the frescoes. Is that what's called? Uh, of, yeah, of, of Giotto. Giotto, yeah. Which what, is, who was the uh, one of the pioneers of pro of of um, uh, of uh, proto Renaissance art? Okay, art. but we don't really need to get into that. Um, but what I'm trying to say is, so a couple of other friends from UC Berkeley were that's where we studied during college. Um, and a couple other friends were staying with Heather too, because it was Carnival, it was a big celebration. And um, so Max had gone there a day earlier. Um, so when I got there, he was already exploring in Venice by himself. And I thought, when I got to Heather's house, I was like, oh, where's Max? And she's like, oh, he went to Venice. And I was like, oh, you guys gonna go today too? And they're like, no, not today. And I was like, well, I think I'm gonna go. And so I got there. And I realized on my phone at the time, this was early 2009, um, you know, smartphones were really a thing at the time or not everybody had them. So I had a pre-played plan on my flip phone. No, I mean, most people, I don't even, yeah. I I knew one guy that had a a smartphone. Right. Um, Anyway, I got to Venice and I was trying to meet up with Max and I called him and I said, Hey, I just want to let you know I barely have any minutes left on my phone here. Let me know where you are. By the way, it you know, we until recently I didn't have a smartphone actually. Tell tell, tell me where you are and um we'll meet up and as soon as he was about to tell me I ran out of minutes and I Ugh. it hung up and I couldn't I was like, "Great, I can't find him." I was like, well, hopefully he text messages me because I get free text messages, but yeah. he never did text message me. I know, me. I was stupid. I don't know what I was thinking. Anyway, I, I think, think I was he just told, kind of interested in the sites that I think were going he had on, told yeah. me where he had been, and I was like, well, maybe he's still there, and I tried going there, and he wasn't there. So for a while, I was trying to search for Max, and I couldn't find him. But I think eventually, I, I think I might have also been occupied by thinking if I was going to ask this girl out that I had seen or something like that. Anyway, eventually I was something like, like well, that. I was I'll, like kind of... Anyway, I'm timid about it, and I was just like, okay, I ask this person okay, all right, all right. Well, anyway, eventually, I got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna explore this city by myself, and I did for a bit, um, but I realized at a certain point that, oh, I gotta catch the train going back to Padova because there was, uh, you know, there was only one more train gonna gonna be arriving. Unfortunately, that year in particular. No, uh, let's not get to it. All right, let's go. Um, and so I was like, well, too bad I couldn't meet up with Max, but oh well. And so I started making my way back to the train station only to realize I couldn't find my way back to the train station. If you've ever been to Venice, Italy, it is if a maze. you've ma- ever been to Venice. <laughs> it's, a, it's a maze of a city. It is a really, ma- it's a maze. And you'll get lost. You'll get lost. You'll just get lost. You'll get lost. Um, and so on my way to the train station trying to find my way, I ran into some Brit- a British family. No, I thought they were Australian. No, definitely British. What are you kidding? Oh, you got the story wrong, man. That's <laughs> <laughs> not a big stretch of a, a stretch of a thing to think um, that they're Australian. And they had thick accents, and um, you know, I, they were trying to find the train station too, and they were lost. And so, together with the British family, we were trying to find me, me and the British family. We were trying to find the train station, and. I got to talking with them, told them my predicament, how I couldn't ever meet up with Max that night. And they were like, 
one of the father was like, well, why don't you just use my phone? And I was like, oh, I don't want to waste your minutes or anything. He's like, mate, it's called life. And I was like, oh man, that's really nice. So I called Max. It rang a couple times and it rang some more. And then eventually his voicemail picked up. He didn't even pick up the phone. I don't know what happened. I I left a message. I said, Max, call me. I'm trying to meet up with you. Uh, Call me at this phone number. I'm borrowing somebody's phone. Anyway, hung up and I was like, well, he didn't pick up. And then, but a few minutes later, lo and behold, that phone gets a ring and it is Max. He calls back Mm. and I talk to him. I'm like, oh my God, Max, where are you? And he's like, I'm at this bridge. I can't remember what it's called, but do you want to meet me there? I was like, okay, I'll meet you at this bridge. And I told the British family, thank you so much. I hope you find your way to the train station uh, semi. And I said, thank you so much for the phone. And I parted ways with them. Eventually, I met up with Max at the bridge, which took a while because that, that bridge, I mean, it's hard to find anything. And took a while. Venice. By the time I had met up with Max, we realized we really better get to the train station so I didn't even get to spend time with Max that first night in Venice, really. Because here's the deal. In no, Ven- hold on. Okay. Hold on. Anyway, finally, we got to the train station, and we're like, oh, my God. Oh, 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 say, say, say. I was going to say, in particular, for some reason this year, the carnival usually would have all-night trains, but for some reason this year, they decided that they were going to not do that. And weird thing. Weird thing. And that there would be a last train of the night. It's it's as if it it's as if it were the Bay Area with the BART system where the BART doesn't run all night on New Year's. It's on any night, but on New Year's of all days, it stops at two AM or something like that. Maybe well, even this, earlier. The last train for Carnival of Venice, that's it was like at eleven thirty or something. It was like at eleven thirty and we were like, Oh man, we better get there. Anyway, we got there. We had like just a couple minutes left, two minutes. I told Max, okay, you buy the tickets and I'll go to, down into the- Tell the conductor to hold the train tra- for us. Tell the, the whole conductor to hold the train for us. Max got the tickets. We went down to the actual train platform and, and we, 11.30 passed. And we're like, and oh, a, hey, and I guess we missed it. 11.30 and we're like, oh man, I guess we missed it. And then- well, Or we thought, or oh, maybe it just hasn't come yet. But then- a few minutes passed more, and, and a, a few, few more, more minutes, minutes passed, passed, and the train, and then, no, well, then we ran into, we, we, there were some other people waiting there for the train, yes. and there, there, there was like, um, I think there were like three. Okay, it doesn't matter, there was. No, it, it does oh, it matter does how matter. many people there were. It was. No, there were six of them. It there, was six, trust no, me. No, there yeah. were eight, it was eight of them. No, it, it, it was it was eight of them. Oh, it was eight of them. It was eight of them. There were, I believe, like it doesn't matter. Five, I believe there were five Spanish. It doesn't matter. Spaniards and three Indian guys. Oh my god, that doesn't matter. Anyway, so anyway, we talked to them, and they told us we've been waiting here for a long time. The train, the train never, never came. came, and so we're like, well, what are we stuck in Venice for the night? And we're like, there's got to be a way. We, we go with these eight we, people, and we decide we realize there's a bus depot. And we all go there to maybe, you know, hitch the or grab they the bus. Were, they were going to a, a town, maybe, maybe eight, eight miles, miles away from from from, from Padova. Padova. And so, so we're all going we're to all essentially going the same to the, place, right? So we're all going to the same, maybe around the same place. So we thought, all right, well, let's go maybe take the same bus together, and we go to the bus depot, only to find that 
there were no buses that were going directly to directly Pado. to Padova. There was one bus that was going maybe eight, uh, eight mile, miles, eight miles <laughs> outside, outside of Padova, and we, and we, we kept, it was a packed bus, by the way. And we were, we, I had one foot in the door, and. The, the the bus driver was waiting, waiting for us. And he's no, like, no, he you, wasn't just waiting for us. He, he was, was like, waiting to leave. And he was like, "Are you guys going to get on or not?" And we're like, "We're just like uh, eight miles. Eight miles. How, that what are we going to do? It's a far away." And we're like, "We didn't think at the time we could have just gotten a cab tax. from there or something like that." Anyway, anyway we, we decided, decided not, to get not to get on the bus. Stupid of us. Well, and, but neither did the eight other people that we, that we were, were with, teamed up with. I guess. Yeah. Anyway, at that point, we were all like, well, what do we do now? And then we, we just thought, thought why don't what we, if we split a cab, the cost of a cab? It wouldn't or be, two cabs. Yeah, two cabs. It wouldn't be that much. So right next to this bus depot were, where all the cabs were, and we went up to, we went the, up cab to the cab drivers. And, and we're like, oh, can you take us to so-and-so? And they're like, yeah. And the cab driver was, we're like, how much would it be? And he gave us an amount. And we're like, okay, we could do that. And he said- Oh, there's ten of you. I can. We can only have each four. Cab, each only cab four, only four people, four per people car. maximum per car. And so there were eight of them and only two of us. And so we said, "Well, you guys, there's only there's eight of you. And you guys are together. Split we don't want to split you up. Why don't you go out without him?" And and they were like, "Okay, bye." They weren't even. They weren't they even no qualms about no it. They didn't sympathy. feel bad. They didn't even bother to say anyway oh, are you guys gonna be okay they got in their cabs and went on their merry way and nikki and i just thought great we're I guess truly we're stuck, stuck in, venice in venice for, for the, the night. night and i mean look there are worse places to be stuck uh in for the night but but you know, i was we tired because no we were traveling because we were traveling actually at one point in my stay during venice i got sick because i was so tired all the time um, only to be sick for just 24 hours, really. Um, anyway, we, so after, we, after we start, that whole cab situation, we just start trying to brainstorm ideas. And I mentioned to Nikki, I thought, I said, well, what if we hitchhiked? And Nikki and like, was like, what are you crazy? I was like, what are you crazy? That's dangerous. dangerous. And, and I was like, yeah, I'm just kind of kidding. Even though I kind of really wasn't kidding. I kind of was thinking, well, maybe we should try that. You but know? then a little bit, a, f- a few minutes later, I was like, well, what if we do hitchhike, huh? What if we do try And that? so we decided and Max to look like, for... When we decided to look for some people that we, we could judge to be good people that were had cars that were leaving near so that the, bus depot. The first car we see, it we was see, like a red, you know, sedan, I guess you could say. And, we, and we, saw see, these, we saw these two guys giving hugs to what looked like these backpackers that were travelers, this woman and man. And we just thought... And we thought well, they they must be nice. They're hugging people. They're hugging people. They seem nice. Mm-hmm. And we just thought, let's ask them. Let's ask these huggers. They're hugging people. And, and so we, we go so up we to the guy to in the, the guy. passenger seat. Yeah, we go up to the guy in the passenger seat. And we're say, like, hey, where are you headed? Where are you, where are you headed? And, and he's, he's like, like uh, no parlo, oh, no parlo anglais, anglais or whatever. Yeah. However you speak Italian. Right. We, I, like, we speak French. And then he said, oh, talk to the driver. He knew how to say. He said, oh, him, him, him or something like that. So we, and we talked the to the driver and we said, where are you headed? And he's like, oh, no comprendo. No, he didn't say no comprendo. He said, I just... He said, I don't understand. And we said, where are you where going? Where are you going? Headed, he, you know, where you headed is a very and, colloquial yeah. thing. And we said, where, where are you going? going? And, and he, he said, said, oh, Padova. 
And we said, oh my God, Padova. And we said, can we, can you, no, we said, can we get a ride with you? And he said, I don't understand. And we said, can we go with you to Padova? He said, oh yeah, sure. First guy we asked. And he, going to the same city that we're going. Anyway, and he said, "Just get in, and I'll take you." And yes, so sir. The on the way there, on the way to Padova, the conversation was a little awkward, I guess, because it wasn't too awkward. No, he was a very nice. He guy. was a very nice guy, but there was and, definitely a language barrier right, there. And then he was saying, "Where does your friend live that you're staying with?" And we said, "There was oh, a store that she lived nearby. I can't remember, I can't remember what is. We can't remember the, the name of the store, but let's. It was a kind of a big." Um, you know, I think it was like an electronic store that would, there was only one in town. I, let's just call it Fnac, Fnac, even though that's a French store, uh, a French chain. But let's just call it Fnac for the, the sake of the story. I so think it was we, a store called Lidl or something. Yeah, like that's that. right. It did with have an L in it. Um, but Lidl, that kind of sounds German. Uh, no, no, there there was a Lidl in in France too. That that I think that was a chain throughout oh, okay. Europe. Okay. Well, anyway, so so we said, for the purposes, let's one, call it a Lidl. Okay, no, Lidl. So we said, oh, she lives near this, this place called Lidl. And he's like, oh, I live just right near there. And, she, and, he, and we're like, no way. We're like, no way. And, and then, then so we get, we, we, as we're, we're, coming, as off we're the, coming off the highway, he says, oh, uh, he says, oh, the Lidl is right there. Your friend lives right there. I live, I live just on the just other, on the other side, side of the highway. Yeah. Other side of the highway. Not more than, not more than a mile away. Less than, much less than a mile. Less than a mile away. Definitely less than a no, mile less, away. Less. This guy probably lived Maybe, uh, a half mile away from even less than even that. less than that. He lived right on the other side of the highway yeah. from our friend. First guy we asked to hitchhike, and and we he drop, was, he drops us off at the door, and we say, "Oh, can we give you anything for giving?" So he's like, "No, no I, I was, was going. Headed, I was headed here, any, or I was, I was going, going here, here anyway. anyway." And we thought, "Oh, oh my you. God, thank we you." We ended up. Not having to pay for anything, not having to be in an overcrowded, uncomfortable bus, not having to take the train, and we got home quicker than anything than any of those things. Transportation methods would have gone. And we got through. in there, told Heather and the friends uh, the story, and they were laughing they were because excited. we were just so, had an adrenaline rush. We from had this, this adrenaline rush, and we just were so excited to tell them the story of what happened, and that was a unique, fun experience. Sure. Where and you know what? I think hitchhiking is not considered that bad in Europe. I remember my host mother in France. I had an early flight to Morocco, which we'll talk about next. Well, actually, hitchhiking, I actually hitchhiked a couple times in France. Um, one time seemed a little sketchy, actually, but I did in any way because an old man was getting into the car, too. And I was like, well, this old man is doing it. But I actually, well, anyway, I, I started doing it on my own a couple of times just because it was easier to get to the center of the city that way. Right. Um, anyway, the, my host mother, you know, I had an early flight before any of the, the subways were running. And she said, you know, it, just take the, you know, you could take the bus, you know, over here. And he's like, but if you see anyone along the way, you know, in their car, just ask them for a ride. And I was like, really? And I was like, isn't that dangerous? She said, no, it's okay. No, it's kind of a regular thing, I think. I think in Europe, it's not as, uh, it's not considered as, I mean, it could be dangerous for sure, but I think their mentality is, is you know, maybe people do it more often there. I don't know. But uh, anyway, we, so we'll get to Morocco in a second. I just want to say not all traveling stories for me ended up in a positive way and, and a happy ending. Oh, I mean, there, there were some, some really harsh things I had to go through, some dangerous things I, I went through. Um, 
I mean, there's a whole story where I, I had a, I was very unlucky. I, my train broke down from, from, uh, Naples, Italy to Bar, to Bari, Italy. Cause I was catching a ferry to Dubrovnik, Croatia. Anyway, it's a long story, but I ended up missing the ferry. I had to share a cab, uh, with three Italian doctors who breath smelled so bad. Um, All right. Anyway. anyway, and then when I got to Dubrovnik, I had a lot more bad luck. I got caught in a thunderstorm and where it was just crazy. Anyway, it's a crazy story. I, I won't get into that one well, right I now. I just want another kind of happenstance that was ended positive was, um, oh, by the yeah, okay, well, I won't talk about this because it doesn't really matter, but I will talk about this. This is a very small story is when I went to Dublin, I had uh, printed out the directions to my hostel on you know, I printed them out from the computer and yeah, again, this is, is this a long story? No, it's or very what? short. And I get out, it was, I get out of this bus from the, the plane, the, uh, from the airport. I took the bus into town and I get out and I somehow, I realize I lost my paper that I printed out my, uh, my, my hostel information on. And I couldn't figure out what to do. I was like, I'm lost. I don't know. I don't know where to go. I don't even remember the address at all. I don't know how to find this place. It's before smartphones, by the way. And well, I guess I could have maybe found an internet cafe Especially or like because that. Dublin, they speak English. So I don't know. It'd be easy to look it up, actually, if you think about it. Well, I suppose so. But in my mentality at the time, again, I was tired because it was traveling. Are you kidding? I, no, hold on. That's I'm not, not like the way. I'm not, how, I'm not By finished. the way, this is, this, I'm, I'm not, I just want to say this is going on longer than my Croatia story, no, which it is, I really got lost there. I'm not, I'm not, this is, you're not letting me finish the story. Go on. So I'm walking around for a while, not even knowing where I'm going. And I'm just thinking, can I just try and find a hostel by walking around? I walk around. It's really windy, by the way, and it's kind of drizzling. See, this is this is very okay. But I need to give you an example. It, it just it get, set the tone here. No, I'm just saying. Like I could have really got into this I other know, story that I was telling. Let me just say, and this, that's like it's like unfair that you're telling let, this let, story let, when my story was really crazy. Okay, let me just say though. But I won't tell that. Let for me just right say now. it's really windy, and I decide to turn the corner at this one place. And you're speaking English in the sea. Me, I was in oh Croatia. God, just you finish, don't speak English. Let me there. finish the story. I turn back, retrace my steps. All of a sudden on the ground appears this paper. I pick it up. It's the directions to my hostel. I found the paper again. How is that possible? Explain, it's really windy. It, it found me, my paper found me. Well, that's not as crazy as your, your cell phone story that dropped. Oh, we can get into that. We, we won't later. get into that because we're this- Well, we're maybe this traveling could be part two. Yeah, but- I'm, it's really getting late here, actually. All right, well, and let me just say, I, I almost lost my cellular phone once. I was gonna, I was gonna stay with a friend in the south of France uh, in this place called Saint-Tropez, and I didn't know how to contact him otherwise. Um, and plus, it was a phone I had for a long time. I had all my contacts in there. I was bike riding in this place called Pocquerolle. It was in Les Îles d'Hier, was on one of the islands in the Les Îles d'Hier uh, in the south of France. Very beautiful, no cars on this island. You take a bike out for the day. There's a bunch of beaches you can visit. Okay, really fun. And, but anyway, okay, you I'm bike riding around. Here, I'm bike yeah. riding around. I had all my stuff in this plastic bag that I'd been carrying around for the day. At one point, I noticed there's a hole in my plastic bag. And I was like, I had my wallet, I had my camera and my phone. My wallet and camera are still in the bag but my phone isn't. I thought, oh crap, 
And I turn around, retrace my steps about 50 yards back. My phone is still laying there. Thank God I looked at oh, that moment. That's not as crazy of a story as I thought it was. Oh, what? I didn't know. Um, anyway. Anyway, it was, that was real paradise. That was fun. Now, that was a real fun trip. Pocalo. Oh, hey, you know, when I- Also on my- Zildi, yeah. My, I, I should say, I also visited- my, my, Max, Max. No, but this is really quick. No, it's not. No, it's it is, not it's quick. Very, it is very quick. I'm just going to say my dad recommended I visit this place because he thought it'll be a real experience. And on that same group of islands, there's this place called um, L'Ile du Lavant, which is a naturist island, which is- means it's a nudist island and I want a nudist island. I don't know if you heard Max say that because that was, uh, he kind of swallowed his words there, but, and I I ended up going there and that was a real weird experience. Um, I remember talking to a guy on that island who had also been a tourist and there's a naturist community that lives there. And I was talking to a guy who'd also been a tourist and we were both trying to find this big beach there to go swimming and we both were uncomfortable talking to each other, both nude, and it was kind of a weird situation. It was a funny situation, but it was weird, you know. Um, anyway, go ahead. Uh, I lost my train of thought, I guess, you know. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. Well, did you want to talk about Morocco? Yes, I do. There, there's lots of stories, though, that, are, uh, that can be very positive. There's lots of stories but, that are positive, some that are negative, but, you know, that just, you you just got to cut... Cut your losses. Is that the expression, right? Cut your losses. Morocco. So you just got to cut your losses. Now, we went to Morocco, and this will be the last thing we talk about before we end the podcast. I just want to start off by saying Morocco, going to Morocco, especially some of the cities, is really like being thrown into a movie. Like what you would ex- see in the movies as how crazy it can be in Morocco. Cities like Fez and Chef and were like that, especially Fez. Well, Fez, the, the city center, the old part of the town, because the outskirts of Fez are a little bit more modern. Now, we have a but lot the, of the, stories. The city center was very much what you think of a classic, you know, yeah, what you'd see in the movies, these narrow roads that you'd have to move out of the way of somebody towing supplies on a camel. No, no, or on not a on, mule, a camel, on a mule. Not a camel. On a mule, and somebody's towing supplies on a mule, and, you and have meanwhile to you're of, standing underneath. You're standing underneath, underneath a, a camel's, camel's head, head being sold, being sold at the meat market. And guess what? That happened to us. We were Max was standing underneath a camel's head, and we pointed out to him, and we we're like, "Oh my god!" And we got back to that same spot later in the day, and that camel's head was gone. Was gone. Somebody, Somebody had bought, bought it. it. Somebody bought it. Um, but uh, Fez is known, Mor- no, is known for a tannery, a leather tannery, by well, the way. We'll get to that. Now, Morocco is really crazy. Um, when we first got there, we got, so we, we actually traveled there with a friend, or we didn't travel with him there. We all actually traveled we, separately to But to we Morocco. met together, met, met up together. In Tangier. In Tangier, which was not like Morocco that you see in the movies at all. It almost seemed post-apocalyptic in a it way was, at times. It was, seemed to be, our dad had highly recommended Tangier, but I think Tangier was, was a hot was, spot I think for celebrities and, and the, the life back in and, the 60s. But it, uh, the uh, city gra- you know, drastically changed and it was, I think, heavily industrialized since the time I, our dad had been there. But, but it had kind of sparseness, a sparseness about the buildings. Too, anyway, so time. that was, we're like, oh man, hopefully... All of Morocco isn't like this. It wasn't heavily industrialized. There were some old structures too. So the next city we went to, um, our my friend who had stayed with in Madrid had recommended 
Because I, I went from Lyon to Madrid to to. All right, that doesn't, doesn't matter. No, but he had told me. No, it does because I told him. Oh, after Tangier, we're planning on going to Rabat, and he's like, you know, I recommend you guys side take a side trip to Chef Shawin instead of going to Rabat because oh, oh the friend in, in Madrid, yeah, in Madrid, yeah. because he's like, I went to both, and Rabat is pretty similar to either Fez or Marrakesh. I, I don't know exactly. He's like, you really want to go to Chef Shawin because that's a truly unique situation. And I, I thought, all right, I'm going to tell my so, friend, I'm going to tell my brother and friend so when we get, get there. Right. So, so when we, we met up in Tangier, I tell we him, changed our plans and decided to go to Chef Shawin at the last minute, now, which, which is important for the story that it's at the last minute because as I didn't want to ruin before, Nikki, we did have to... We did have to schedule, find a place to stay at when we were in town, when I know, we arrived there. The way we got to the town was a story in and of itself. We had no, it was a, that, that town is not a major city. And so it's a little hard to get to. Oh, I should and say. so. Yeah. If you have, if you're traveling in Europe, it might be a good idea to rent a car. Actually, that's what our dad did back in the day. And I no, think. Hold on. Time out. What are you talking about? No. What? Oh, I guess depending on, I would recommend instead of taking trains in Europe, take airplanes. There's economy flights no. that are so cheap. I just want to recommend this to people. EasyJet and Ryanair. I saw a flight from France, Marseille, France, to, I guess it was Tangier, Morocco. It was zero euros plus tax. So it ended up being five you, euros. You end up paying the fees, but- Five euros, that's it. That's not the point I'm trying to make is- like you said, there's no major airport in Chefchaou, and it's it's a small town. Uh, it, it might be a good idea to rent a car if you're, you know, that's what our dad did to travel around in Europe back in the but, day. No, why are you saying Europe? Because because Morocco is in Africa. Oh, not I'm sorry. Yeah, that that's where I'm got confused. Oh, I was well, like, gotcha. Well, why are you why are you mentioning that? Yeah, yeah, Europe. No, I, I don't know. I, well, I, well, because the reason I mentioned Europe is because he was in Europe, and that's how he traveled. But you could probably just go from Spain to Morocco, you know? I mean, um, anyway, or, yeah, I guess. Is, it, is, it, is there a are land those, those connecting touch? the two? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Um, anyway, so we got to, we're in Tangier, and we're like, well, we got to take, how do we get to Chef Chow? And I guess we looked it up when we had to take a bus there. And we get to the bus depot, and everything is so... You got to haggle for everything in in Morocco, uh, or else you're going to get really ripped off. And so, when oh, we got I guess the, there isn't. There, it is not. There is. So you probably water take a ferry. in between. You probably take a ferry or something. When we got but to, Tangier, is right at the edge. When we actually. got to the bus depot in Tangier, even when we were buying the tickets, the bus tickets, we're like, oh, we need a ticket to Chef Shawin. Even buying a ticket at the bus depot seemed like you had to haggle for that. Right, and that so, was a weird. Uh, so like, it was yeah. a weird situation where like, well, oh, can we get tickets to Chef Shawin? And it was just weird. I don't. We weren't like, even. We, 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 we weren't, weren't even, totally were like sure. Different people selling tickets. Right, there. we weren't even totally sure we were getting the right tickets, or if it was a scam at all, or something. Exactly. Like that. Anyway, we ended up getting, getting these getting tickets, the tickets, and we waited around for a while. We finally got on this bus where it was like not even a wasn't it more of like a van like a we, big van or the something guy like that took our bags and packed them in the back of the, this bus it was gross and dirty anyway we got on this bus and we're the only like foreigners on there i mean it was, was all moroccans on there it was a kind of a thing where people are just 
And as so we were on our, as we ride along our, our route to, people, to Chef Chow and people, this the is bus through like bus mountainous farm areas. Right, and stuff. people would be kind of just getting off doing their business and that the bus wouldn't even come, come to a complete stop. It would kind of slow down and people would just kind of jump off. It yeah, was people would jump off or come back. They would hop on while the bus was still right. moving. It was a very a local thing to do. It was and, a local thing. And we're just sitting in the back and just thinking, wow, this is very interesting. And, and we weird. just thought, is something, are we going to, is our stuff going to get stolen? What's going to go on here? And but, I remember during that ride though, during that trip, I believe it was during that trip that we started getting some digestive issues. Well, no, not qu- quite yet. No, not, not, no, not during the bus ride. Not yet. Um, oh, okay. But well, so anyway, we, finally, we, when we got to Chef Shawin, um, which is a beautiful town, if you have a chance to see it, it was really one of the highlights of our trip. It's the Medina town, is completely painted in blue. It's completely painted in blue. And we actually did see when we were checking out the town, we saw the guy who was the painter for the, he was painting it blue. And I, I took a picture, but I don't think he liked that. Um, so I kind of snuck. Anyway, this is the kind of place where we didn't know where we were going to stay when we got there. And so we right. kind of looked around. We saw one place that looked like it was an inn or something like that. Oh, I, I thought we kind of looked on the computer at an internet cafe. Oh, I don't know. Well, no, it doesn't I matter. don't think we, so. That, anyway, no, we did not actually. Well, um, we anyway, did, we did try and look. I, if I crop, anyway. Up. So, even the taxis there in, in Morocco, you have to haggle for the price there um, on the taxis. But we got we got we into got this to, place we got, and we talked to the, the guy end. and we're like, okay, it seemed on the lower level, it seemed like, oh, this could be kind of nice. Right. Um, and the guy told us how much it was and it seemed pretty cheap. Um, I think it was like 10 or 15 durham right. a night. You're it haggling was really- for, it, what's interesting about Morocco is you're haggling to get the price down for most things, but most things are quite cheap there actually. So, but it, you it's a sport there. They, they expect you to haggle. You know, that's In fact, we thing. had some friends that went to Morocco before us and they never haggled there. They didn't even talk to us about haggling and I thought, wow, you must have got ripped off on everything or you just, you didn't, do what the custom was. Um, anyway, so, so we go into this inn. We yeah, go you up talk to our room. My voice is getting we really tired. We go up tired. to our room, and there were two beds. Uh, one our friend was going to stay in, Nikki and I were going to share a bed. Nikki opens the covers. That is not true. There were three beds. Oh, there were three beds? Yeah, I, 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 yeah there were definitely three beds. You did not sleep on this thing. Oh, I, oh I thought you, it was on your side. Anyway, Nikki goes to his bed. He picked up the covers of his bed, only, only to, to reveal, reveal a, a huge, huge, big, red stain. Ugh. What was it? Was it, it was gross. Was it like birthing liquid or like placenta liquid? Or was it just what do you mean something placenta? else? Did somebody I mean, get murdered on there? I mean, what the know, hell was I that? Know, and why wasn't it cleaned? Why was that still being used? Anyway, I well, thought- Well, it might have been cleaned, but just the stain had been still- I thought had still set in, you know. This is what happens when you don't- plan ahead, you know? Right. This and is what so, happens. You get into this kind of trouble. And so I, what happened was I just thought, oh my God, I got to sleep on this tonight. Luckily I had brought, I had made myself some sort of makeshift sleeping bag out of like sheets I sewed together. And I basically used that, put myself in this whole little knapsack thing and just slept in there the whole night. And I didn't get much sleep. It was just 
I felt so uncomfortable sleeping on that thing. Oh, yeah, um, I know. Anyway, that night, though, that was the night that we started. To, now, the food was pretty interesting in Morocco, but what you do have to be careful about is not to drink any water there. You should drink only bottled water. But in addition to thinking about that, that the water is not sanitary, you also, well, I guess people who do, who live there have become accustomed to it, so they don't have these problems, but um, you have to watch out for the vegetables are being watched in this water. And so if it's not cooked, which we overlooked, um, you get what I got that night, which was pretty explosive diarrhea. And so explosive that I was in the bathroom and it, Nikki and my friend could hear it going on. They were laughing about it, but I was like, boy, you don't even know what I'm going through right now. And then eventually <laughs> me and our, uh, our friend, we both started getting digestive issues. And I think Max and our friend had it worse than I did. Well, I had it the worst because I also got sick too. I had like I kind of felt like I had a fever. Anyway, you know? you got, if you go to Morocco, make sure to bring medication or... Which is something we overlooked too, which or, is stupid, Or make you sure, know? you know, if you have to get shots or something, I don't know. Um, anyway, yeah, so, so... When we got there, there was a guy down below who who was hanging out with like the hotel, the inn clerk, and he was just, he seemed nice, I guess, at first, and... He tried selling us a weed in the beginning of the day. Morocco or is known not, for not in weed, but I guess hashish. Um, I guess it's called. Anyway, so this guy was trying to sell us hashish, and um, our friend Mike was like, "Okay, maybe later. Maybe I'll get it later." And wherever we yeah. went, well, why don't you tell it then? Well, okay. So the guy was trying to sell us this weed, and. He, everywhere we went, he would follow us the whole day. We would go into a museum and he was waiting for us. When outside, we came, out, we came outside. We came out back outside. He and was we waiting thought, for us. Every time we thought we had ditched him, he was there trying to sell us this hash. This was kind of how the experience is being in Morocco. Not only do you have to haggle with people or that you should engage in the haggling, but people, if you ask for anyone for help, watch out because they are likely to badger you for some money or to try and sell you something. There's always some caveat to what they're, you know, they're trying to sell you something. Uh-huh. So watch out. I, even in Tangier, I tried to ask for somebody for where the bank machine was and they wanted money for that to tell me, you know, they were like, oh, they, they pretend to want to be, uh, you know, have goodwill and tell you where it is and everything, but then they'll try and ask you for money. Even for if you ask that. like a police officer for directions, they'll be like, oh yeah, my friend will show you where this place is. And it just ends up being a local that will like take you, they'll, they won't tell you where the thing is. They'll just have you follow them. And we're like, okay. And then They'll bring you to the place that you need to go, and then you're expected to tip them after that, you know? But, you know, if that's the tradition, I think we were young and college students at the time. and I know, but and, when we got to Marrakesh, it I, was so late at night, and we had to do that, and it, we're like, oh, my God, are they just leading us to our dooms here? We didn't know, you know? Right, but I think, I think nowadays I, I would have been more open to just giving a tip because if that's part of the tradition you know all right all right but all right. who knows maybe that's just their we way really of ought to, we really ought to uh like taking advantage of the get, tourists we really ought to wrap this up in the next 10 all right, minutes so actually. anyway uh yeah so that guy anyway long story short long story long actually by the end of the night that guy kept badgering us so much 
And my, our friend finally, just to get rid of the guy, bought some, some of the weed. And I think he even said at the time that it wasn't good. Yeah. I mean, we don't smoke, but uh, he does, did, does, I don't know. Anyway, so that was Chef Shaowen. Then we went to Fez after that, and that was really cool. That was like now that's really feeling like that was the genu- it seemed like the genuine Morocco, Morocco experience. experience. And um, I bought you know, a Fez. We also had some friends Fez. that didn't even go to Fez, and I was like, "How could you not go to Fez? That is the place to go." And that's where we haggled a lot. Um, we and our our hostel there, which was it wasn't, it wasn't a, hostel. a hostel. It was a what are they called? It was a like um, a riot. A riot is a that what Riyadh. they're called? A ri- uh, it was a really nice. Uh, contrary to the the place that we stayed in in Chefchaouen, this place was really quite beautiful. The architecture uh, it was a riad. Um, a riad, yeah. That's what it's it is. kind of a like an Andalusian kind of architecture. Um, anyway, really cool. Um, but Fez was a real experience. We had leather jackets made there while we were there, and. Um, there was well. I didn't have my. We didn't have a maid. You can buy. Oh, we bought them jacks. there. Sorry, but we had. They, they do make leather jackets there, though. There is a tannery there, uh, a well-known tannery. And we wanted to visit the tanneries, and so of course you have to ask somebody like, "Oh, where's the tanneries?" And they'll like bring you to the tanneries, and then. Well, there was this main kind of store where they made, I think, all the leather stuff that was in town, and they basically other suppliers sell them throughout town, but. This was the main place where you could buy the leather there too. And this guy gives you a tour of the tannery and um, it smelled so bad. It was disgusting, the smell, but it was cool to see. And then comes I, I should his- follow up that, um, I, 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 should, I should say that during the time in Morocco up until that point, we saw a lot of the guys wearing these yellow shoes they're like yellow slippers. We that, call them banana we shoes. We call them banana shoes. They look like bananas. Anyway, just know that for the right. rest of the story. So we go into this lather tannery not thinking we were going to buy anything there because it was going to be more expensive in that place. And the guy was showing us all, you know, the, the tannery and everything. And then and he was really nice. And he was really first, nice. He and was he like, to know these American, he you actually, know, American you know, expressions. We were... You know, during our time in, in Morocco, we only spoke French because we didn't want anybody to know that we were American, or else they would ha- hassle us more. And um, but this guy we, we actually said that we were Canadian. But this <laughs> we guy kept saying we were from Alberta. We did tell this guy that um, we were like we said, "Oh, we're from California," and he's like, "Oh, my wife, she's from Santa Monica," and we're like, "Oh, really? Wow!" I don't know if he was lying. I don't think his wife was really from Santa Monica. I think he, he just knows. He, he knows California and he knows Santa Monica. He actually which is a eventually place in Los Angeles. He eventually started speaking to us in English because he had claimed that oh I can actually speak English better than I can speak French and we're like all right go ahead with English. He could he, he knew expressions and anyway he did, he did speak uh, English well. Okay anyway after he showed us the tannery he and started, he did give us quite an extensive tour of it. So after he showed us you know the tannery then he went to a spiel to try and sell us some stuff and we just took a hard no. He said, we're not going to buy anything here. Because it was expensive. It was expensive. And he, even by Moroccan standards. And he's like, just pick out, just pick out something. I say even by American standards, it was expensive. He's like, just pick out something, you know, you know, pick out something and, you know, uh, we'll discuss, we'll discuss. And we're like, 
finally we're just we kind of indulged him we're like all right let's try to find something well, no, cheap you know right well at first we were kind of looking at the leather jackets and then he brought in this other guy who had a white coat on as if he was the expert on it to make him seem more uh you know legitimate because like a scientist or something like that and he's the guy was like explaining oh yes this is the finest queer and queer, queer is is how you say a leather in in french um and so, C U I R E, by the way. Yeah. No, no E at the end. Are you sure? Oh. I'm pretty sure. Um, anyway, and it was just a funny thing that they needed to have this guy to legitimize his selling points. It was just a really anyway, funny thing. Finally, we're like, anyway, okay, finally these we said, leather jackets are too expensive. And he's like, well, pick out something. And our friend found like a, a purse for his sister, and we found this leather kind of bag for our messenger well not messenger bag it but was almost like a satchel kind satchel of thing for, that, our for our older brother because he used to use those uh, at that time and um we're like discussing the price with the guy and we're, he told us how much it was and we're and like, we're like oh, no, no we're just like there's no way it's too expensive, it's too expensive. He's like, we're just like we're right. like all right we'll we'll leave and he's like no 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 just how much how much are you willing to pay he's like we're like we can't pay for this we don't we don't want, want it we and got he's like just just tell me how much. And we're like, we don't want this. And he's like, then he, he, gets, a he gets a calculator out. And he he gives, he's like, all right, just put the price in this calculator and then show me. And we're like, why do we have to put it in the calculator? He's like, just type it in the calculator <laughs> and show me. It's like, what does that have anything to do with it? And and so <laughs> we indulged and we put the price in the calculator and we turned around and showed him. He's like, you guys, you're killing me. You're killing me here. I can't do it for that. Right. And, and then and then he's like, like, we're like, you told like, us how much to do right. for it. And then he's like, look, you can buy this. You can buy this this leather satchel, and you can have this this purse. You can have your cake and eat it too. And we just thought, well, he knows these American expressions is pretty good. It was funny that he was saying you can have your cake and eat it too, and and we were like, look, we can't do. It. And he's like, but you can have your cake and eat it too. And 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 we're thinking, no, just we this can't. Calculator, this calculator situation was so funny and. And like we had to, we couldn't just tell him the price. We had to type it into the calculator. Right, to try, again, to almost like to legitimize, legitimize the, like that there was some sort of business transaction, transaction going yeah. on. Or to, um, yeah, it was just a funny situation. And we finally, after a, a long bout of negotiation, we, we got him we down, got to, him a down to a price that, that he was not comfortable with. He was not with. comfortable with, but, but it's like a sport there, this haggling thing. And they know when they have to admit defeat or you know, if they won and basically he was admitting defeat. And so by the time when we were, we, we went up to, to ring the, to, to the cashier to ring us up for the items. I think that guy, that the guy who was selling us, us up, the, the, the guy, I think he was like the boss and the guy, the guy that had tried selling this stuff to us was like embarrassed by how much we were buying him for because how much we got him down to. And so as we were le- the, the guy, the boss, or it seemed like the boss, I think he was a little bit more tame and, and wasn't trying to sell us anything because he was the boss. But, but so the owner rings us up, or the guy who seemed like the owner, he rings us up, we pay for our stuff, and on our way out, we run into the guy who'd been selling us this stuff the whole time, the guy who'd given us his whole spiel, and he had his head down in shame, and in his hand, he had these two shoes, these leather yellow shoes that we'd seen all along in Morocco, and he said, here. Buy the shoes, buy the shoes. It's a good parting gift. It's a good parting gift. And we said, no, we don't want to buy those. They look like bananas. And he said, no, they're good bananas. They're good bananas. And we were starting to crack up at that. He called right. them good bananas, you right. know. And 
it was he was so it embarrassed. Was like this, he was so embarrassed by how, by much, how much we we gotten those other goods down for that he wanted some last ditch effort to buy to, to, to preserve sell us some dignity else. that he had. But we just said we no, like, no, we're not going to buy it. And that. here's the real kicker: by the end of our stay in Morocco, our last city we were in was Marrakesh. Me, and my friend Mike, we were looking at those shoes, those yellow banana shoes, and we thought we can't leave this country without buying them. And so we bought our own pairs of yellow banana shoes. I regret not buying a pair for Max. Um, I, I had think to leave earlier. Had to leave then. early. I think the case was that um, I didn't have enough money on me to buy two pairs of shoes, and at that point we had to leave to catch our airplane back to Lyon. But we bought those yellow banana shoes, and guess what? I still have them today. We even used them for a, a funny sketch that we did, sketch video, video sketch that we did with our older brother. Right. It was um, a, yeah. They they are really funny. They're all completely leather too. If right. you're not flat-footed like me, I imagine they're very comfortable. I still have a wallet, or I don't. I do have it, but I don't use it anymore. But I had a, a, a wall, leather wallet I got in Fez. I have a leather jacket that I. Uh, got you know, in Fez. I don't know what happened to my leather jacket that I got in Fez. Um, but Fez was a real trip, man. It was, it was a crazy experience. Right, but and then, even what was really crazy. Well, this wasn't really crazy, but after that, we went to. Marrakesh for a little bit, and then we did this whole journey into the Atlas Mountains, um, and then and then off into we went and visited this Berber town, which was cool. Bought this called Ait Ben Hadou. Yeah, Ait. What is it? Ait Ben Hadou. Right. It's and called we, the Mud City. We had to haggle for a because the, the city looks like it was built of mud. Well, we we haggled for a rug that we bought oh. for our dad. That we were we lost that battle. Yeah, we lost that battle. We haggled him down, but we lost the battle. Even though it was a funny experience doing it, but I felt really bad about right. not being able to get him down more. But right. eventually anyway, we went into the We went into the, the Sahara, Sahara Desert. And now on camels, we rode on camels into the Sahara Desert and we slept underneath, underneath the, the stars, stars in the Sahara Desert. And um, that was a really cool trip. And that was a, a real highlight. Again, even a guy, one of the Berbers had brought a snowboard into the Sahara Desert, and we kind of kind of rode down the sand dunes in the on the snowboard. On the snowboard. That was cool. Um, again, it, it's this traveling. This kind of sums things up. It has this interesting uh, amalgamation of you sort of feel a little uncomfortable because you're, especially if you're on a shoestring budget like us in college, you. You know, you're sleeping in the Sahara Desert, which is beautiful, but it wasn't the most comfortable situation, I will say, but it's beautiful and a one-of-a-kind of experience that will never experience, I mean, that you usually wouldn't experience in your everyday life. And so it's this weird um, combination of of your, you're kind of throwing caution in the wind at times, you're, you're, you know, you're sacrificing comfort, but you're also... Uh, it's gaining a, experience, gaining a, a really adventurous experience, and also it's beautiful, and you're seeing these sights that you know you you would never have thought to see in your life, and it's it's really it's beautiful, and and it's fun, and there is something comforting in that, you know. Um, before we end this this Moroccan subject, I just want to say when we were in the Sahara Desert, the night that we were staying there, we were still having digestive problems, and. We couldn't find where they had apparently a toilet 
uh, or like a porta potty. We could not find that at all. No, no, we could. We saw oh, where we, it was. Oh, but it looked. We did. Maybe but it, it, there was no light. There was, was no dark. light. It was dark. There was no da- light. We were using and that. There could have been spiders. It was in the desert. And there was toilet paper in there. We didn't know. Anyway, we had a tissue packet, and there was one piece of tissue left or something like that, right? Well, we had one clean piece of tissue left. We also had some tissue that we had used on our noses. And so we were we just thought, the three of us, okay. we all, we all were like, okay, each of us gets one of these tissues in case we have to go to the bathroom as if one tissue would be enough. Well, no, but basically we, we didn't mind using the tissue that if we needed to use it, come to wiping, you know, we didn't mind using the tissue we had used for our nose on ourselves because that's all we had really. Right. Um, Again, this did, is when you're in a situation that you're already throwing caution to the wind, you're just, you say, hey, this is how I got to deal with life right now. And right. that's that's what you're going to do. And luckily, Max and I did not have to go to the bathroom at the time, but our friend did. And he just found a little pocket of the behind the dunes and did his business and that was that was that, and he was able to do it with with these little bits of tissue that we had. Anyway, um, that was our Moroccan experience, and yeah, I mean, just uh, something. Another note that we wanted to mention was that in Marrakesh, and this is kind of again a, a perspective that of life that you or another part of another culture that you don't see in your everyday life or in our, in our everyday lives is that. When we were in Marrakesh, we were sitting down to eat one night, and it was outside, and there are these locals one, that we are were just eating this chicken, kinda... and there was these locals that were hovering around us while we were eating, and as, as soon, soon as, as we, we finished, finished eating, we got was, up, we got up, and there was only mostly bones on our plates. The locals just went for our scraps, just like fighting vultures, over, fighting, like vultures. Lo- fighting over the bones, and some of them were just putting the bones in their pockets. And it really made you think how sad things could be in a third world country and and how lucky we are to have grown up in in America, actually. Well, not uh, just America, but, you know, because uh, there are, you know, people, there's poverty in America, too. We're privileged enough to travel to Morocco to experience something that, you know, these people experience on, on, on an everyday basis. And it's not so glamorous for them. Right. Um, and so, yeah. Just not so glamorous. That's putting it lightly. I, you know. No, no. That, but for us, it's, glam, it's a glamorous life to be able to tra- travel to these. Oh, I, I see what you're saying. It, yeah, yeah. It, it's not, it's for us to be able to travel to these places, we have these stories to tell and it's, they're kind of cool stories, but for them, it's everyday life, and it's not fun, actually. Right. It's, um, uh, it's a sad kind yeah. of a sad situation, and but that is what you get from traveling. You get a different perspective on life, and you realize the fortunate things that you have, and you realize uh, you you realize that other people live in different ways, and some people live in what seems to be. Uh, I remember in Chef Show, and there would be these women that were cleaning the clothes in the river, and they—that's just regular life for them. And they don't think, I guess it's not—they don't think of it as being, you know, in a, a unfortunate or anything. That's just their normal lives. And so I think that's just a different perspective on life. We you, we take for granted the things that we have in America, and I think uh, going to these different places in in the world 
gives you a, another outlook on how lives are spent. That said, happiness is based is very subjective, and you know you can't compare your happiness to the living circumstances of somebody in Morocco because right. their their life experience is very different from ours. You know, that's right. But that's so, the, but that's what's cool about going to other countries is you see how those those lives can be. Sure. Uh, and it, it, uh, it doesn't mean it, I, it's not, but I, I'm not saying that you're not allowed to feel unhappy or oh, of unlucky course not. Of course in, not. in what would be considered privilege compared to somebody living in Morocco. You know? Well, yeah. I mean, that's why people say money can't buy you happiness. I will say the money can buy you, you know, it, it can, it can alleviate some stress it, for sure. A lot know? of stress it can I mean, alleviate. For a lot of yeah, people, yeah. I mean, and which can make you happy, actually. Um, but it, you know, people. Yeah, again, as you said, Nikki, uh, your circumstances uh, won't necessarily uh, produce happiness for you. you right. Know? I mean, everyone has their own, per, you know, unique lives, and you know how you deal with that is, or how you. How that, well, anyway, I don't know. Anyway, traveling can be fun. It can be hard. It can be exhausting. Exhausting. And it can be tiresome and it can be rewarding. But uh, one thing remains is that you have stories to tell at the end of the day. Stories to tell. And we hope you've enjoyed our stories today. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Splitting Hairs with Max and Nikki. Tune in next time. Once again, if you like what you heard or saw today on our special edition of Splitting Hairs with Max and Nikki and like to view or listen to more content from us, please visit our Patreon page, patreon.com slash splitting hairs and become an exclusive member today.